Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Hi, I love Mondays. <laughs> right off the Happy bat. Muse Monday. Yes. So we have a very special guest today. We're fortunate enough to have a friend and colleague named Biebs in our studio. So Kaleo and her are in, well, they will be pretty soon coming up today in a writing session, which is already very exciting. And of course, I had to chime in and say, okay, well, let's get you on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes. Finally. Yes. So, yeah, I get her first, <laughs> and then you guys can do your music thing. This is this is what we call maximizing the studio. Yes, yes. exactly. And okay. I know this is going to sound shameless, but um, I'm just really excited that Universal Audio has really built this studio out for us. I'm so grateful for that. Yes. Yeah. Because listen to how good everything sounds. I love. This is the best sounding podcast I think I've ever listened to. You're just on a high today because of that email from Universal Audio, I have to say. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so I actually want to introduce Biebs um, professionally, and then we'll get into more of why she's here. So I have her bio here, and it's it just it makes me smile because I couldn't (laughs) agree more. So, Biebs, when you first meet Biebs, you will agree she is the human form of sunshine. Her uplifting music and positive outlook on life reflects this over and over. She blends indie, soul, and pop to drench listeners in consciousness and positivity. Yes! Sorry, I added that in. (laughs) Her style and performance are expressive, explorative, and energetic. At her show, you are just as likely to find yourself pondering life's big questions as you are to spontaneously join the dance party. Biebs is no stranger to the stage or studio. Her other project, Biebs and her mel- money makers, I almost said her Melanie makers. <laughs> we can start has, another project called that. Yeah. <laughs> has released five albums and spent the last seven years touring. She's toured with ska legends Real Big Fish, Goldfinger, and Five Iron Frenzy. Also, the Fuse TV show Warped Roadies followed her band on one of their many warp to her runs. Her success inspired the confidence to blaze new path that would lead to the release of her first solo EP in June 2016 titled I Shine. Now that Biebs has solidified herself as an energetic performer and fashionista, she continues to spread love and light as she explores her musical landscape. Bam. Jeez, who Shout wrote that? Shout out to Jameson from Sugar Shack. Yeah. Oh, it's the Sugar, that is it's the sugar Shack boys, they're, that's why. They're, shout out to the whole Sugar Shack yeah. crew. I love those guys so much. They're such great people. If their name wasn't so hard for me to say. Sugar Shack Sessions. Sugar Shack Sessions. Okay, so now we know that uh, we need them to write our bio. Yeah, now. you need Jameson. That's, that's rad. He's the man. He made me cry. I was like, Jameson, can you? you write this new bio and then he sent it back to me and i started crying i was like this is the that, nicest thing that's me <laughs> beebs i've known you for years but i don't think i've i've known more about you than that last 30 seconds that melanie just read that bio <laughs> I'm, I'm deeply and i'm cellularly connected to you right now <laughs> so you kaleo you and beebs met on warp tour was it 2013 i was it before warp tour yeah we it? met way before yeah. warp tour a ton of times in passing mm-hmm. um and just very quickly and then probably 
2016 Warped Tour was when we really got to hang out and talk more. I Our think. genre is so specific and so small mm-hmm. that all of us are connected. Yeah, it's everyone. the best. It's the best musical genre I've I've ever known. Yeah, we're so connected. We're so tight knit, and everybody here has that. Uh, I would say let's make everything better for everyone. Yeah, that's the universal language of uh-huh. music, and yeah. so it's cool. Like um, back in the day. Um, I'm timeless, by the way. You'll never guess how old I am. But back in the day, <laughs> um, I I used to be a booking agent and a promoter and a band manager and a tour manager and blah, 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 blah. And I worked with the supervillains back when they were first on Law Records. Yep. Law Records first came out. And so, um, and then I met Yassad through another friend, um, my friend Mike Duffield from Nixon yep. over in Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, so... All of the worlds were always combined. And then as I started playing music and touring, of course, we all saw each other again. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone's connected again. So, so wait, you were the booking agent for Supervillains. Before they went when, to Monterey International. Okay, yeah. so you know that we signed them back to Law Records. Yeah, I know. I just talked to Dom the other day. Oh, you did? Yeah, Dom's called, a dick? Yeah, he oh, called love, me yeah. the other day. He Actually, he was the opposite. Oh. I was really freaked out. I was like, I don't know how to handle how nice you're being right now. What do you want from me? <laughs> we love you, Dom. We love okay. you. So, okay. So let's go. And that was some great history. You have had your hands in pretty much everything in the music industry, it sounds like. Yeah, I come from the back end of the music industry. Like I said, as a promoter, a booking agent, tour manager, band manager. And I learned all the things. And then I was like, I want to do the things that I know for myself. Because there's mm-hmm. times when I would work for artists and I'd create really dope opportunities for them and they would, for whatever reason, turn it down or drag their feet on it. And that's always super disconcerting because when you're pouring everything into a band, that's like your band, you know? Like you're giving just as much as the band is on the back end trying to make opportunities happen. So I would get really bummed out when they would blow opportunities that I was trying to create for them. And so finally one day I was just like, I'm going to do it for myself. I come from doing theater and singing and dancing and gymnastics and the whole thing my whole life. I was like hardcore karaoke whore sneaking into <laughs> karaoke bars since I was 14. Speaking I of which, sh- can, can we make sure we write that down? <laughs> that sounds like your next band name. Yeah. Hardcore karaoke whore. Oh, that is really That's good. a good okay, one. Okay, I'm writing that down. Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Melanie manages that band. She's the manager. There you yes. go. you got to show me the ropes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I just decided to start doing it for myself and um, – it was hard. It was super nerve-wracking. All of the my peers were all the bands I was working for, and they're like, why is our booking agent in a band now? Like, this is weird. So I got to ask you, because your voice is so beautiful to me, did you just always knew that you could sing? Was the reason why you were interested in the back end of, uh, you know, uh, booking bands and, and whatnot, was like there's just something deep inside of you that knew that you had this talent and this was one way to get closer to what you wanted to do? Honestly, I don't think it ever was. I, like I said, I did theater and stuff growing growing up as a kid and um, tap, jazz, dance, ballet, all the things. And then when I became, a, when I was a teenager, I got picked on a lot in high school. I was like a fat kid and, you know. It, oh, I was a fat was, kid. Yeah, yeah. High school was hard for me. <laughs> and I kind of became real introverted. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, high school is weird for everyone. I'm so glad that. I didn't have to get bullied online at home too, oh, no. but um, so I I don't think that was ever my plan. I just really loved producing good times for people, and I really loved supporting music and supporting my friends. And 
Um, I started off as a merch girl for a band called New School Dropouts back in the day, and then things just progressed from there. The merch girl, and that was just fun for me to sell stuff for my friends and like, all right, today I'm going to hit this number. I'm going to crush it. I'm like very competitive with myself. (laughs) So it was just always a numbers game of me beating numbers to get money for my friends, to support their music because their music meant a lot to me. And then being a tour manager, I was seeing all these really rad bands on the road that weren't coming to Florida. And I'm like, I want my friends to experience these bands. So then I became a promoter and started, you know, um, linking with other venues so I could get four and five shows for these bands to be worth it to come to Florida. And all my friends could experience this really rad music I'm seeing on the That's road. Awesome. And it all just, everything really built on, I want my friends to experience this too, or I want to support <laughs> my friends. And then as far as me starting a project, when I... At, at the time I started, Beebs and Moneymakers had terrible stage fright. Like, even at karaoke, I would just stand still and sing. Really? You know what I mean? Like, and so... I think karaoke, by the way, is way more intimidating yeah. than being on Everyone, stage in a band. Well, you that's know, I've how never I actually done it before. That's what I'm saying. What? Oh, we're, never, going to, we're going to Korea town, yeah. girl. We're Am I going to be a hardcore karaoke yeah, whore? Karaoke <laughs> whore. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... Um, come... come <laughs> <laughs> the the part of me having a band was just okay I have all this knowledge how can I apply this um I also had went through a lot of tragic stuff my mom died and two I found one of my friends dead and my other friend I found him with died all within like eight months of each other wow and so it was so heavy that I just started writing and because I didn't know what else where else to put my emotions and I'd always written <clears throat> and um Started writing, and another one of my friends that was in the circle had riffs that he was just putting out instrumentals from his pain, and I was like, oh, let's combine forces. And then I started my first project, which was Freedom Mind, then Beebs and Her Moneymakers, and and I wore a costume for Beebs and Her Moneymakers because from doing theater, in my mind, that's how you cure stage fright. And I could be in this other costume and be this other persona that was still an extension of myself, but it was less scary than me going up in my regular, you know, fashion and singing. So now um, I've pushed myself to, I've been really working on being, I mean, I never put out anything real. Whenever any interview I ever did with Beebs or my makers on Warped Tour or anything, I would just make up the weirdest answers. That, so I <laughs> wanted the band to be shrouded in mystery, <clears throat> including myself, because I needed that separation between being an artist and having a personal life, and I didn't want the two to be combined. Now my view is I don't want people to think I'm just a cartoon character because people <laughs> send me a lot of heavy emails and I'm like, look, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a person wow. trying to get through life just like you guys. And I think the more I've opened up and talked about how I battle my depression, like the things I do to you know, go into the float tank and all the healthy habits I've created to get through my anxiety and through life, and through the tragedies that happen for everyone um, throughout life. Um, Can I pause you real quick? That float tank, and I want our listeners. The best. Right, so I want our listeners to understand what this is. Can you explain (laughs) what the float tank is? Because me and Melanie are floaters as well. Okay, a float tank is a (laughs) sensory deprivation tank, and the science behind it is to deprivate all your senses. No sound, no light, no new information is coming into your brain, no new information is leaving your brain, and you're just, you just exist. And... It took me, once I found out about it, it took me six months to work myself up to go because I was like, I can't be alone with my thoughts for an hour. I will lose it. But it actually is, and everyone's like, oh, you just need to get through this and meditate. It's like, I don't 
how, how do you know how to meditate if you don't know where that part exists in your brain? And for me, I realized a lot of my depression, anytime I would get really sad or super depressed, was just me craving silence. And we live in a time where you never get silence. So I didn't even know how to create that space in my brain to quote unquote meditate because I've never experienced real silence before. Interesting. And one thing too is that you're floating. This is why I said the float. You're floating in water. That the temperature is Melanie, 90, 93. 93 degrees. So it's almost like when you're floating and it's filled with Epsom salt. This twelve hundred pounds. Yeah, it's filled with it. So you're buoyant and you're just there, literally floating. But the water is the same temperature as I don't know. It's something that blends. It's almost the same temperature as, as your body. body. Your so that you really yes. don't feel anything. Right. Like you yeah. don't. You're. Your brain isn't having to work to float. You're just naturally floating. Exactly. Um, don't and you don't. The water once you get in and start chilling, you don't even feel the water anymore because it's the same temperature as your skin. So you're just. It's the most amazing. Experience. It's incredible. If you haven't done it, uh, anyone listening, it's it's really fantastic. And, you, and if you do find yourself in Encinitas, there is a place called Float that me and Melanie um, Melanie usually go to. It's <laughs> sorry, babe. It's, uh, <laughs> It's a it's an incredible experience. Now, do you carve out some time? Because I think ninety minutes is the minimum that they do at this, at this place. place. Yeah, right. float North County. Yeah, yeah. float North yeah. County. Thank you. And it's um, I've done a lot of research on it. Once it started really helping me, it's great. There are no known side effects to floating. You're not gonna oh. lose it. You can get out whenever you want. You're not trapped in it. It's not claustrophobic. Um, you you have plenty of room to move around. Um, and it's great for PTSD, people with anxiety, depression. It really does help. And not only that, um, it's really great for your skin because of all the magnesium. And that's mm-hmm. pulling out the lactic acids from your muscles. And your muscles are just getting to relax because they're not doing anything. So if you're someone who has chronic pain or um, any kind of autoimmune situation, it's really, really great. It pretty much resets your body. And Thank you so much for sharing that yeah. because it's going to really excite people. And they're, they're not too often where you have these float tanks available. So we're really likely that we live in this, you know, radius that there's like a couple that I can name. Yeah. I think um, back in the seventies, they used to call it the sensory deprivation chamber. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that sounds terrifying. It doesn't right. it? It sounds like a torture. Come to the chamber. Yeah. And then it was, it was big for a while. And then people were like, I'm not doing that. And so the business never really got going so now it's floating. well also the other pods that they used to use were chambers they weren't like pods it was like some places still use they're them tiny and yeah. they're just like these little coffins that you open the door and it looks oh yeah you're making me want to go again right <laughs> no, little coffin. it never really took off in the 70s little, yeah. little coffin is actually little a rapper bit. too little, little coffin <laughs> He's like, y'all, I'm Lil Coffin. Lil Coffin. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of rebranding goes a long exactly. way. Exactly. For, yeah. First album, Robitussin. Robitussin. <laughs> okay, oh so, God. all right. Now, thank you for that little side uh, health uh, interjection. But yeah. let's go back to where you picked off on the um, the music industry. Yeah. Um, started. The, it was more, uh, for me, starting a band, it was more me trying to best myself and Mm -hmm. say, okay, I've learned all this stuff. I've seen what works in bands, what doesn't work in bands, what works in all these scenarios, what works on tour, what doesn't. And I'm going to apply it to myself and see how far I can get. And within three years of starting the band, well, 
Within two years, we released our, Beebs That Are Moneymakers released our first album in 2010. And because I had worked in the industry already, um, I had thrown a lot of shows at House of Blues. I've done all these things. So our first show was at, I think our first show was at The Social in Orlando. And our second show was at House of Blues, opening for other bands I had worked for. And we worked really hard to like, be dope. I don't think we were that, as great as I thought we were <laughs> at the time. But, um, you know, you got to suck before you're great. So, you know, it's fine. Um, and so I, I, it was more of just me besting myself. So within two years of releasing the first album, which was great, it was like I kind of just knew all these people who were willing to help and um, was meeting all these band members, grew the band. It started just with me and my guitar player, Jeremy Lovelady, with his riffs and my lyrics. And that's kind of how we grew it. And then found a drummer and horn players. And I played kazoo in the band because I was writing horn lines and didn't have a horn section. So I would play the horn lines I was making up on, on kazoo, a kazoo? during the show. Great. That's super rad. But wait, <laughs> did you use your vocal mic? To project the yeah, kazoo? Yeah, Okay. And then eventually I got like, they have an amplified kazoo. It doesn't sound as cool as you would think. I think I an tried amplified kazoo might be the greatest instrument I've ever it's heard of. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty sick. And um, so then we got a horn section and, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Beebs play kazoo. I'm like, I don't want to have a horn section now. Like, I don't need to play But I, you know, I, I still would and still do every once in a while. But um, it within two years... Kevin Lyman saw us at a festival in Orlando and who is the owner of Warp Tour and was like, I think you guys are the next no doubt. I want you to be on the whole festival. And K Lime, baby. K Lime. K Lime. <laughs> for the next um, 2013 Warp Tour. And then two weeks before that Warp Tour, he was like, and you're going to be on a TV show. They're coming to Florida next week to film you. And I'm like, what? Beautiful. This is me who's like, I don't want anyone to know anything personal about me. They can't come to my house. They can come to my dad's house, though. Like, I was just, like, <laughs> trying to protect myself from, I don't know, any weirdness, I guess. But it was a great opportunity, and it turned out it's be the reason I, I made – I had met Real Big Fish through my friend Cooley Ranks from the Pilfers. and um, Amazing band, by the way. The Pilfers are yep. great. You should check them out. Yeah, if, if you, you don't know them, the They're Pilfers incredible. are incredible. They're out of New York. Um, so – Met Real Big Fish through him, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to be on Warp Tour. Are you guys, you know, I knew they were going to be on Warp Tour. If you ever need a girl to sing the girl songs, holler at your girl, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> and so we ended up making friends with them on Warp Tour. I kind of know them going into it. And I started singing with them every day and also had built my own press for that first year of Warp Tour because I'm like, how am I going to make friends? I'm so awkward. And so I created BAM TV, Beebs Are Moneymakers TV, and I would interview other bands on Warp Tour to like kind of break the ice and I make friends it. with them. So you're just a creator of all all things. Yeah. All through yeah. my anxiety, I'm like, how do I make friends? How do I get through this hard time in my life? How do I, you know? It's like I'm watching you and you're wearing like 30,000 hats. And what I want to get to is the voice. Because, oh my gosh, okay, I wanted to bring voice, up her voice. Right, so here's the funny thing. I'm so impressed. And by the way, you have incredible background. If we even cared about this, the closest thing we ever had to a manager when we first moved over here with Pepper was Yasad. <laughs> and he would look into the reader 
and then just find shows and that it didn't matter adorable. We, we, we would just go ask that place. even if it was like metal night at dream street in pacific beach you'd be like yeah we're a metal band we would love to play that's rad. exactly so, <laughs> so to have this kind of background that you have and then be an artist wow what an incredible strength and the cool thing is is like one of your biggest strengths is your voice to me i absolutely am a fan of your voice so Thank right you. so um when we get to that part i'm really excited well, let's too. do it now because i want to yes! say so let's i'm looking now. at beebs and honestly i had never seen you play because i was never at those shows yeah and you're just this this little beautiful being we're you're probably we're about the same size so any of you out there and when she sings it is this big, powerful, <laughs> gorgeous voice that, I, I mean, now it makes sense. But when I first heard you sing, it was like, this is coming out of this this little being. <laughs> it was it was pretty powerful, man. Thanks. Yeah. And if you wouldn't mind, Beebs, I'd love to put one of your songs at the end of this yes, podcast. Is that please. cool? Okay, great. Honored. So you guys listening, make sure that you stick around when the show ends and um, we'll play one of Beebs' magical songs and then you'll be able to hear what we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do have new music coming up. I do. I've I've really been focusing the last year and a half on collabing with a bunch of art, a bunch of other artists, hence why I'm here collabing with Kaleo today, later today. You. Um, I was kind of restricted to just the people I was writing with for the last six years, and they're beautiful. And I love shout out to to the East Coast moneymakers, um, Love Lady, Funky, Levon, Dave Wade, all of you. I love you, Bruno. All of you. You're all great people. And um, so, just started expanding and writing with different people lately. I've been writing a lot with my friend Stacy, who's in a band called Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Um, they're great all-girl punk rock band you should check yep. them out they're massively gaining huge success they're crushing yep. it they're crushing um it. so we've been songwrite every monday usually we get together and songwrite and um and just really dive into lyrics i think she's she always is like people don't focus enough on lyrics we gotta dive deep she's pulling out the thesaurus and like <laughs> really we're going hard you know on some yeah. lyrics so uh, been working with her, made a couple of tracks with, um, I don't know if you guys remember the rapper Chingy. Oh yeah, um, he had, of course. I like the way you do that right there. 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 And, there. Uh, and so he has a new album coming out this year and that's really dope. He's grown a lot as an artist and as a human and as a being. Um, even when we hung out the first day, he starts talking to me about the Fibonacci sequence and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, wasn't expecting that at all. Like he's right there. He's, he's a, right there. I wasn't expecting that right there. Great, great guy. Um, and so we have a couple tracks coming out this year as well. Um, and I've been collabing with um, another hip hop artist, Nico Is, who's my friend from Orlando. Shout out. He's out on tour with Talib Kweli right now, killing the game. Wow, yeah, that's nice. big. Um, Brazilian rapper, really, really great. Um, so yeah, I've just been really just dive. I don't want to wake up every day and say, I'm just a musician or I'm just a writer. Or, I'm just anything. I want to explore everything that I'm here to explore as a human being and I try to wake up every day going I'm a creator including genres of music I will make a country song a hip-hop song a soul song and a funk song all in the same week it doesn't really <laughs> matter to me what the genre you just want to create specific. yeah I just want to yeah. create whether it's music. with your voice a guitar or a kazoo or a kazoo right anything yeah. well, I anything will, I will make music with so it so that non-restrictive attitude yeah. um it it opens you up to allow more things that you may not even know that you want yeah. to come into the experience 
that you're having. It's crazy. I started mm-hmm. doing a lot, focusing a lot on my visual art when I moved out here to San Diego in December and started posting Instagram videos of all the art I was creating. And then that turned into people wanting me to do art on like cones and all and their drum kits. And I'm like, well, like, I guess I'm a legit visual artist now. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, but you don't know what you really possess inside of you until I always tell people like, follow your art. Like your art will always lead you to a healthy outlet and to something that you didn't even consider you were ever going to be. You well, know? my theory is, is like uh, Picasso didn't know he was Picasso. He just did what he did. Yeah, he and he, he became that because everyone else saw that. Everyone else gave him that. Yeah. That title. Yeah. He was just being him. Yeah. So you don't have to know what you are. You oh. just have to know who you are. Oh, and, that's you know, so beautiful. Right. Very well said. Yeah. Very well it's said. It's really, really cool. And when you and so when you re- lose that resistance of no, it has to be this one way. Yeah. Then you are blocking out all those other channels, and yeah. you're you're really limiting what you're allowing into the experience that you're living. I think that goes into life in general. If you are saying this is my point of view and that's it, and everyone needs to agree with this. You're not opening yourself up to learning about other cultures, At all. other people, mm-hmm. other perspectives. Yes. Self-limiting and, behaviors, thoughts, yeah. actions. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I think it's important. I'll segue into this. I think it's important for people to remember that we, the people, have the power to change our world around us on a day-to-day basis based on our interactions. So instead of everyone being so listen to my point of view, this is the right point of view. Listen, just listen to someone else's point of view. Let someone listen to your point of view and don't oppress that they need to agree with you. You can disagree and now you both have a different perspective. That's going into your ether of what you're thinking on a day-to-day basis. You might still have your same moral code, but now you have a different perspective on how it seems to someone else. So now you can move throughout life without being so offended and angry and mm-hmm. you know, attacking mm-hmm. other people. And I, I really think that people need to focus on <clears throat> embracing differences and celebrating differences because that's how you learn. If we were all the same, what a boring place this would be. Yeah. You know, like that would be so boring. I wouldn't yeah. even want to get up every day. No, I, I love tacos, but I'm not eating them every day. No. That would just be the I, worst. I probably could eat But if, if it's the place Melanie took me to, I probably oh, would eat yeah. tacos. Oh, that's Hagos. Right. Oh, at Hagos? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Melanie's. Bomb. Yeah, that's Melanie's place. <laughs> yeah, you can find her there except Mondays because yeah. they're closed. <laughs> It's my favorite. So actually, I think didn't we have tacos when we had you guys over for dinner? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've <laughs> only so ever funny. eaten tacos with you now that I realize yeah. I just realized that. <laughs> that's so so I'm interested on when you guys have another meal and where you take that expansion. Well, now I'm craving haggos. Oh, my God. Well, that, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm very hungry. Let's go. <laughs> oh, it's Monday. <laughs> they're closed. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, let's go back to our dinner because this was um, – you know, I've seen you at shows backstage. I've met you a few times. We went to lunch that one day. We had a great conversation. We had you and Garrett over for dinner, and I was just blown away. Like, all this music stuff and music industry stuff is great to talk about, but I was just blown away at um, everything else you have to offer. I mean, your mindset is beautiful. You are so positive. You're you're, <laughs> you're blushing. Blush. I want to talk a little bit more about your your you're a philanthropist and some other things that are coming up. I know you're working with a, an eco school. Yeah, um I had this epiphany, you know, 
I consider the quote unquote music industry is like the government for us creatives. It's like these <laughs> standards, they make you feel like you have to live by. But I work for myself. I'm like, hold up. One day I'm like, hold up. I work for myself. I don't really care about those standards. I don't care what festival I'm on or what tour I'm on or who things. I don't care. All the hoops. All the hoops. I don't mm-hmm. care. Um, I do care about people. I do care about people that want to listen to to music. And I do ex, um, acknowledge that music is the universal language and a very good way to be a philanthropist through music because it's the universal language. But what I also realized was that the whole reason I'm building a platform and continuing to tour and meet new people and is because I'm supposed to be an educator. And that doesn't mean that I'm and oh and um not just an educator but I'm supposed to be a student too, and that's the whole purpose of building a platform. I don't have an education degree from college, but because of what I've done in music and because of what I've done in music business, I can now go to these alternative schools like the Eco School that I'm working with and create a music program for them. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, I don't have to have the degree the actual paper degree to do well, that because i have enough clout your college to, is life yeah just like my college yeah is just life. like I, I, there's no way mm-hmm. i could get into college yet alone afford it yeah so that wasn't even an option the no. only option there was was let's move from hawaii and play music and starve yeah that was it <laughs> and that's what happened <laughs> well right. i love that you're thinking outside of the box and utilizing everything that you've taught yourself every all of your experiences all of your talents and you are using them as a tool to make the world a better place. So you're thinking outside of the box here. Well, I think yes. I'm watching a lot of, you know, we live in a very crazy time in history and <laughs> the world right now. And sometimes I feel like it's like an out of body experience. Like, is this really happening in this other, in this agreed upon reality? Mm-hmm. I don't watch the news. I don't. I try not <laughs> to concern myself with things that aren't in my immediate universe, things that bring me down because I feel like on a day-to-day basis, I'm supposed to be carrying this great energy for myself and for the people around me. And if I'm watching things that are really sad that I can't do anything about, like a school shooting or a bombing or whatever is happening in the world, it's taking me away from my now and how I can positively affect right now, um, in- including... I got into kind of, not a debate, but I I went live online the other day and was talking about, I like I don't watch the news, but then I found, I go on Facebook and Instagram every, you know, to do my thing. Bombarded. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Garrett and I saw this, March for Your Lives. I'm like, what is this? March for Your Lives. Then I saw it had branded t-shirts. Everyone's wearing t-shirts that have this logo on them. And then I started thinking, I, I figured out what it was. And then I'm like, who made the logo? And... Who's benefiting from those t-shirts? Is it the victims of the school shooting? Is it, you know, is it going to the cause of education of creating or are the shirts or are the shirts free by someone with a lot of money and their philanthropy was making it and passing it out and what i found out was they weren't (laughs) they were being Mm -hmm. sold by the logo was created by a marketing agency who also did the marketing for um the women's march and all these things and um there's a lot of celebrities giving a lot of money to March for Your Lives, which is a huge tax write-off for them. And I know how much a production costs. It doesn't cost millions of dollars to put a stage in the middle of Washington, D.C. Um, yeah, so where is all So where is all this money going? And so mm-hmm. I, I just brought up the conversation for 
I am down for people doing whatever they believe in, whether it's protesting or helping someone that day or whatever. I am not challenging anyone's thoughts or actions. I simply wanted to bring up the conversation of while you're supporting these causes or protesting, be mindful of where your money is going during these things when you're buying related gear to said protest. Is your money going towards that family? Is it going towards the cause? Or is it just going to some t-shirt company who's capitalizing on tragedy, which mm-hmm. I think is really messed up. Or is it going to the NRA that printed these shirts? Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. exactly who you're fighting. Well, I think that's yeah. a really good rule of thumb anyway is to do research if you are going to donate to anything. Yeah. Yep. Do research on it, especially if it's a very large organization because mm-hmm. there's been, and I'm not going to name them but there's been some in the news that have um that don't have good practices and they're huge yeah huge organizations that they for they me it's don't have good common all sense. of the main people are are but you know people, at the top are getting the money that's yeah. why grassroots is so important and that's yes. why so important. i think you know you want to go into these communities and you want to yeah. make a difference on a grassroots level that's where i think we can make a change what if every single person <clears throat> that was you know <laughs> ranting online about whatever thing they're against what if every single person just like helped their neighbor did something nice for mentored a kid helped a homeless person had a real conversation with them and was like what's going on and like what like what do you really need to get out of your situation and how can i help there there are so many ways you can help within your own community and i think we forget and people feel i feel everyone right now feels so disempowered and disenfranchised and everyone wants to help so when a mass thing like march for your lives or the women's march or black lives matter come up everyone's like yeah i want to help because everyone's feeling that they need to help but they they're not really thinking oh i can just help on a local level and if i'm doing that i'm really am changing the world Mm -hmm. you know if you're Mentoring a kid, if you're great at music and you want to give some music lessons, you know, on your off time to some kids or some art projects or whatever, you know, creating good humans and loving humans and loving yourself, that's what changes the world. There are always going to be this agreed upon reality that's making rules and regulations for the people that want to live in that. But you have the choice to live in a a nice community and a a caring community because you have the choice to be a part of it. 